we tried our best to find the Lord and, and, and give you what the Lord had laid on our heart on a, oh, those 14 pairs. You'll find in, in Ecclesiastes 3 this list. In this list, there are 14 pairs, contrasting pairs. They talk about the different circumstances, the different seasons, the different events in our life. Then we did try by the help of God to deal with the first portion before praying Wednesday of Ecclesiastes 3.11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. And I'm glad we are beautifully blessed by the blesser. Amen. And uh, all those seasons previously listed, even death, God can make beautiful. Amen. And uh, I appreciate the goodness of God. But we kept running on this thought. And I want to read, just for the sake of everybody that wasn't here, from verse 1 to verse 15. And then I'll ask you, what is the phrase in verse 11 that you think caused question? It sounds like it's a mystery. It almost sounds... Uh, weird to be in the verse but stay with me look chapter 3 verse 1 to everything there's a season every time to every purpose under the heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, <clears throat> a time to give, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. A time to war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail <coughs> which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. He hath set the world in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, and the gift is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. Thank you, son. <clears throat> God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. Let's read that again. Did you catch that? That which hath been is now, so the past is present. That which is to be, the future, is the past, hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. I'm interested in verse number 11 where the Bible says, also he hath, set the world in their heart. That's a puzzling portion of that verse. The Bible says, Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that love the world, amen. We're not supposed to love the world. 
So there's something about this verse I feel like God does things sometimes to catch our attention. And let's pray today that God would help us. Father, we love you today. I pray, God, you let me get out of the way preaching the power of the Holy Ghost. Give liberty uh, to not only preach, but to receive that that is preached. I pray, God, that you'd use my mouth as a, a vessel and a mouthpiece, that this vessel would be cleansed and purified with fresh unction and oil and Holy Ghost from heaven. I pray you'd preach me in power. Lord, if I can't preach in power, I, there's no sense of preaching at all. I need your help. And I need you to breathe on the service today. Help me uh, to be a help to everyone that is in the building. We'll give you glory. I pray for those lost. Save them, Lord. Uh, for them, save and encourage them, Lord. Uh, but, Lord, for those uh, like me, Lord, who are grateful for the one that has saved us. We pray, God, that we get little, you get big, and we get to help and get happy like we need to. Lord, we pray you get glory. In Jesus' name, we'll thank you. Amen. And all God's people say, you can be seated. If the Lord would help me for a little while, I want to preach on this thought, trusting the Lord in uncertain times. Trusting the Lord in uncertainties of life. There's times in our life that we wouldn't sign up for. I've been reading through this list. There's Everybody can say, God has made life beautiful. But we showed you Wednesday night how God has even made death beautiful. He did it at Calvary. Ain't you glad that Jesus died on the cross and he took an emblem of death and made something now that people wire around their neck. It's a picture of beauty and victory and joy. And God hath made all things beautiful in his time. Uh, they don't seem beautiful when we're going through them. Uh, if you look at these 14 bears in Ecclesiastes, uh, their brains, some, uh, uh, how can we explain it? But we tried uh, uh, to look at it Wednesday. But every time we read the text, I read it again today, it jumped out at me. The Bible says, and he has set the world in uh, their heart. And this seems like a mystery, Brother Dale. What does this verse mean? What does this portion of this verse mean? He has said everything. Now, that's true. Every single person in this building, we deal with the world trying to creep in our heart. But it's not God that's put it there. It's the devil that's put it there. Uh, that work is Satan's uh, and he set it there uh, and man uh, by his suicidal self-destructive hands uh, have made it worse and uh, worse because we love uh, the things of this world and we cannot blame God for the Bible said when any man's tempted let him not say he's tempted of God for God cannot tempt men with evil he will not do that uh, in fact James says uh, uh, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away uh, of his own lust and then enticed and then when lust has conceived it bringeth forth death and death when it is finished bringeth forth sin and when sin is finished it bringeth forth death and so every man is drawn away from that fellowship that walk those things of God closeness to the shepherd I remember reading about Peter before he ever denied it started out the Bible says 
he was walking afar off. And a lot of times, how do we do that? How did he ever get to the place he denied? How did sin come out of those lips? That was going to, after he got filled with the Holy Ghost, preach, and 3,000 got saved. Did this man not walk on water? How is it that he's got to the place that he denies he knows the Lord and changes his speech to the point that they quit asking him? I'll tell you how, how we all get that way as we end up letting the world come in where the world shouldn't be in. Amen. Amen. We're drawn away of our own lust. That's the safety. If you ever do bass fishing or any kind of fishing, especially for those kind of fish like the bass, there's a bed for them. To, they raise families in their beds. They bed around a log or in a culvert, in a place where it's hard to get to. But something begins to build up in them. There's a hunger. And boy, that fisherman throws it in there at them. And that's what that word entice is a fisherman's term. It throws it out there and all they see is that big bright glowing neon worm. And they don't smell man on it because we've squirted some nasty stinking stuff on it. But something makes that bass, something in that bass lust after it. And he sees that worm enticing it. And that's the way sin is. The devil don't show you the hooks of death. He only shows you that thing that you want and that's what happens when believers even church folks, Christians allow things in this world to entice us and so it is possible that the world can trip us up that this, this cannot be the world that the scripture is talking about now, the preacher Solomon has wrote this book, it's a, it's a critical book, he's, he's, he's been critical to the vanities that he ran after and that mankind run after and he concludes it with uh, the conclusion of the whole matter is fear God keep his commandments this is the whole duty of man he ends up takes the whole book to do it he's trying to teach us surely the preacher under inspiration of the Holy Ghost has not pinned down that God put the world in our heart not that world and so I thought man we, there's got to be something to this I've tried to look at it. Here's what I feel like God showed me. Of all the contextually, there's two meanings. The first meaning, contextually, in the context of Ecclesiastes. Somebody that don't preach a verse in context, as my brother said, better watch out. You're looking for a pretext. In the context of the scripture, the Bible says that he's talking about events, circumstances, seasons, negative, positive, good, bad, that all of them together, individually and collectively, when it comes out to the end, God's going to make them beautiful. Everybody agree with that? Can you say amen? Isn't that what Romans 8, 28, the sister verse of this chapter, God, for them that love God, amen, God works everything out for our good. Would you agree? But the Bible says, in the context, he's going to make everything beautiful. He hath set the world in their heart. 
What is this world? It cannot be that thing Satan's tried to tempt us with, entice us with. It's not that thing that we're not supposed to love or have nothing to do with. God saved us out from that world, from darkness, and translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. So what is it? Because he does not tempt men with evil. What is it that God's put in our heart? I, I believe this is what God's put in our heart. I believe he's talking about your world. Not the world, but your world, our world, my world. The world of all of our history. Set in our heart the seasons of life. Let me give you an example. He's talking about uh, the sailor's world. The sailor's world is involved in voyaging from one place to another. He endures calm. If he goes just by wind, he's dead in the water without wind. He's longing for the wind, but he don't want too much wind. He's having to deal with the sunshine. He's having to deal with his food. He's having to go from east to west. He deals with changing winds. He don't know how in the world he he has to follow a compass, try to guide by the stars. He's following GPS now. He's tracking maps. He's trying to figure out how he's getting from point A to, that's his world. That's all that he does. Uh, the fisherman, all that he does uh, is go out and get up early in the morning. Uh, his world, his world uh, is to throw out the nets, uh, bring in the fish, uh, sell them to the fish market. Uh, hey, this is the context we're in. Uh, you and I have a world. Uh, God has let us be a daddy. He's let us be a mama. And we fail and we succeed. Uh, and we come up short and we would to God. Uh, that he said on day one of parenting, do this. And on day two of parenting, do this. And we fail. And our kids get saved in spite of our failures. Oh man, mamas try to care for the home. Daddy's trying to provide. Both of them's working at times. Folks are trying to grow. Hey, we've got a world that we live in. And God has put that in our heart. We love our children. We love our church. That's like God settled down in there. We, our world's the King James Bible. Our world is pastoring and preaching and witnessing. And God's put it down in our heart. It's natural for a woman to want to have kids. And unnatural for her to want to have a house full of cats. Somebody ought to say amen. It's God's will for us to raise our children in love. The world that God has given us to live. Would y'all agree? The farmer has the same things. I mean, he plants in hope. He he plows in hope. He plants in hope. He fertilizes in hope. He's praying. I've got a good friend of mine. I was hoping he was going to be here. He's a good farmer. He's got hundreds, a hundred acres of soybeans. He's got corn, sweet corn. He'll have beans and squash most of the time, raising a bunch of acres of tomatoes. He works. And he called me yesterday and said, help me pray that God sends us some rain. How uncertain is the weather? And friend, what I'm saying is, in in, in the world that God has given us to live in, there's uncertainties of life. There's things you can't control. And what you're going to have to do, what I feel like God wants us to see, is there is somebody in control. And it's not you, and it's not me. We're to love those things, and live for God in those things, and trust the Lord in 
those things. Amen. And love them with all our heart. But ultimately, we have to trust God in uncertainties of life. We have to leave it in God's hands. Would y'all agree with that? Can you say amen? It's a child of God in the midst of sickness and in health, good times and bad. Uh, hey, man, having to go to nurses and deal with doctors, they make mistakes, and that's their world. Uh, business owners, you have up times, down times. The text talks about losing and gaining. Uh, there'll be times you'll pile up some money, and then a machine will break, uh, take every bit of it. Uh, uh, but those God's put it in your heart. Somebody said, why do you still do it? Because uh, it's my little world. Uh, that God's let me live in. And if God had helped me, I'm going to do my best in my little world that God's given me. Amen. God help us to be like that. Child of God, nip evil in the bud. Don't let it get a foothold. Amen. Cut it off before it blossoms and blooms. Sin always gets bigger. It's like them kids' sponge, them little sponges. Amen. They come in them eggs. And they'll tell you if you crack it, out will come a dinosaur. Oh, Hollis went to throw that thing in the water. That thing got four times as big. That's exactly what sin will do. Hey, you think you can handle it? It's like kudzu. It'll wreck your life. You go by a field full of kudzu. There used to be a house and a telephone pole and a fence and used to be a barn. But all you see now is kudzu. Oh, it's still there, but it's underneath of it. It's been taken over and it will eventually pull down bars. And that's what sin will do. It'll wreck cause. It'll ruin lives. Young people, hey listen, the devil advertises on every billboard, every magazine, every Hollywood movie that sin pays, but sin don't pay nothing but bad. Amen. Love the world and trust God in it. Would you say amen? I'm talking about not this world, but the world he's put in your heart. Then I thought, well that's not all there is to it. Can't be. So I looked up the definition of the word. It's not just talking about present life. It's talking about our present life in God. He's not just giving our little world, if we own a business, and raise a family, maybe you're single, maybe you're waiting to see what, what the world holds. What is your little world? Hey man, what what's are you gonna have one kid or two kids or, or what career path? I don't know what it is, but I know this: trust God in it. Amen. There's a lot of crossroads and uncertainties. Any any decision that takes you to God is of God. Any decision that takes you away from God is not of God. And everybody ought to say Amen if you determine before you get to the crossroads of a decision that you're gonna serve God first and foremost. Then all the decisions become easier. Amen. You don't have to weigh it out. Amen. Hallelujah. Now what else is this word? There's a, not just a textual, but in the text, there is a prophetic thought from verse 11 through 15. Not just contextually, the first, but look, look at this part. The word world, as it is in our context, here, here's, what the world, here's what that word means. It means specifically a long time. It means future. It actually means forever. It means always. So let's think about this. Verse 11 says, Also he hath said, It's almost like just, just a thought to chew on later on. Also. 
He has set the world in their heart. Whose heart? Those who are going through all the seasons, everybody that believes, everybody that God is going to turn everything beautiful in your life, to them right there, to them. He said to us, he's put the, He's let you live this life. It's been a good life, ain't it? you got a grandson right there. You get to preach the uh, sinners every Monday night. You get to go to the nursing home, see sinners that are, I'm talking about swimming in the water of the world for years. Them wall hangers, Brother Linder, gets to see, get saved. Uh, 60 years in the world. Uh, and now saved by the grace of God. Hey, it's, God has blessed us. We live in America, the greatest country on the face of this planet, have more freedom and liberty than any other place. We don't know how blessed we are. Man, God's given us, but that ain't all it means. It means God has put something in our heart that's forever. It means this, he said in our heart something that's always. And that word, that world means of long time. It may it all it means uh, everything that is everlasting. It means indefinite. It means unending future. It literally means eternity. So the Lord desires us to look past the world that He has given us. Hey man, not get overcome by the world that is trying to hinder us. Hey man, he's given us a world that we live in to help us. And there's a world out there that is hindering us. But he's put something in our heart of a glory world. He's not talking about the here. He's talking about the hereafter. And he's talking about a little heaven to go to heaven on. Amen. Hey man, that, that, here's, here's what I, I thought. There's a mystery of eternity in this word. Let's walk back through the text. Think about this. Think about that God hath put eternity in our heart. He's put forever in our heart. We can't come. What does the verse say? So, so that, we'll get to that so that in a minute. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. We can't comprehend his ways. I'll say more. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He has put in our heart a love for the wife, the children, the church, the people, the blessings that he's given us, but he's put eternity in our heart. We love heaven, and we've not even seen it yet. Hey, man, we love the things of God that are unseen but ever felt. Faith, amen, love, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like serving God. He's put eternity in there. He's put a home here, but a home there waiting on the other side. See, in these verses, there's a master. Look at verse 12. He said, I know that there is no good in them, for, uh, but for a man to rejoice, he's talking about the works, uh, for there's no good in them, for a man to rejoice and do good in his life. He said also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. And God's given you that world. He, he wants you to enjoy. Hey, it's a, it's a sense of satisfaction to get a job done. He wants you to enjoy that. It's his gift to you. This his, He gave you uh, the gift of enjoying the world. Not that world, but the world he's let you live in. Amen. The one he's put in your heart. But, but not just that. Look at verse 13. Or verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. There he is again. He's back on that eternity. 
Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. That ought to make you want to shout. He's put eternity in your heart, and nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. Hey, I'm talking about... <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. Hey, whatever happens in our life, it's him that's doing it. So we just trust him, amen. But it's God that put eternity in our heart. Would you all agree with me? That's what he said. There's, in other words, there's a master. Men will not understand. We won't understand his purpose at times. There'll be times we don't understand his patience. We'd think, my God, why in the world ain't you already fixed this issue? Why ain't this problem? Why ain't my family back? Why ain't the fellowship back? Why is my enemies after me? How can you let this go on? We don't understand, but God's patience. Hey, man, ain't you glad he had patience and long-suffering for you? Before you get so high and mighty on that high horse, don't you, don't you remember how he was patient on you? And sinners do what sinners do because they sinners, and we used to be sinners. Hey, man, and still apt sin any chance we amen hey, there's a master a man will never understand hey look at verse 14 hey, and whatsoever God doeth it doeth it forever nothing can be added to it no anything taken from it I'm glad there is a master who is in control of our plan our situation not only a master there's a mission look at the last part of verse 14 and, and, and the Bible says nothing can be added to it nor anything taken away from it. Now, some of you out there thinking, you're thinking, preacher, you just don't understand. Here's our job. Our job is, is to follow him obediently, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. It's not our job to figure out where we're going. A lot of times I'll ask Seth, or one of the boys, I'll say, boys, y'all want to go with me? Where are you going? That shouldn't matter. If you want to go with me, it wouldn't matter where I'm going. Somebody ought to say Amen. If the Lord wants us to go somewhere, it shouldn't matter where he wants us to go. We are to hunker down, go with him, amen. I go to the vending machine at the hospital, uh, back when we used to go to the hospital, and visit folks, I'd get one of the boys something to eat. They'd say, Daddy, what do you get me? What's it matter? If you're hungry, you're going to eat whatever Daddy gives you. And we come to church, we say, well, that wasn't for me. Oh, everything's for you. Nothing's by chance and circumstance. We serve a sovereign God who rules over the universe and knows everybody that was going to be here today. They know what's going through your mind. He knows exactly what we need. And sometimes when the vending machine of the scriptures don't give us what we want, don't worry about it. There's somebody behind the scenes that'll dish out what you need to take in. Is everybody right? Preach on time and one day somebody got saved. God knows what he's doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. You cannot interrupt the mission. There's a mission he has. Amen. There's a master. Amen. Thank God. I don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand life and death and how he can. But he does. Hardships and good. Hey, don't, I don't understand all that. But somehow God takes everything that seems to work, be working backwards to move us forward. And we'll just trust God with it. And God will bless us and make it beautiful in his time. Hey, there's a master, there's a mission, there's a mystery. Amen. Look at then verse number 11. We've already dealt with it. But think about this. That men 
uh, this mystery is uh, that we cannot, men cannot find out the work uh, that God does. We don't know the work. We can't figure it out. We don't understand it. If you think you understand it, meet me at the back door. I want to take a picture with you. I'll pay for it to go on the front page of the Landrum Leader because I'd like to meet somebody that knows everything about God and has got everything figured out. Hey, man, I can't stand a smart alley preacher or pews that act like they know everything that needs to go on. Hey, man, God governs my life. Amen. Hey, man, I don't need a dog. I don't have to be dogmatic. He said to be in samples to the flock. Preach the truth, lead them by truth, and then let them respond to it. Amen. Amen. That's right. It's Bible. That's Bible. Hey, here's, here's what the problem with preachers being dogmatic. They think they got to church everybody in church. And yes, we do. We believe in doing it. But think they got to get rid of everything and stop everything. Here's the problem. They got a bunch of goats instead of sheep, and they don't want nobody to know it, so they got to keep them crowded. In. Everybody say amen. Preach on, preacher. The same Holy Ghost that pinned this thing down will make it known to everybody. There's no in private interpretation. Amen, preacher. That's right, ain't it, Brother Lynn? Amen, amen. Hey, there's a mystery. Amen. Hey, man, but not that. It's a mystery. We don't understand it. Hey, man. I'm going to tell you, verse 14 says there's a mandate. Hey, man, look at verse 14. I know that. I'm still in the King James Bible. Whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Hey, man, nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. Here it is. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. There's the mandate. God expects us that word their fear means the reverence submission to the point of standing it all and worshiping God. It's always back to worship. If your worship's right, your work is right, your walk is right, and if your worship's wrong, everything else is wrong. You don't believe me? Go back to the first mentioned principle. Cain worshiped wrong, and his work was wrong, and his walk was wrong, and he killed his brother. Y'all know I'm right, amen? Amen. All right. God help us to worship like we ought to worship. You ought to quit being so pouty and start being a little shouty. Amen. Quit whining and start shining. Amen. Amen. Quit griping and start glorifying. Amen. It ain't all come. I thank God for worship. Psalmist said, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Then he says, Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. If you've been saved, if you're saved by the grace of God, if you're upright in heart, you are to shout. It's God's will you shout. Amen. That's right. Amen. Brother Tony hit it this morning. Thank God. When that boy got that crippled, hey, man, went from crippled to cartwheels because he met a man named Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't, he didn't get dignified enough yet. Amen. I, I bet he's still doing it up there. So here's the mandate. Here's the mandate that men should fear before him. So I want to ask you. I want to ask you the question. This morning, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep being distracted by this wicked world you're not supposed to have? Or are you going to get discouraged about the world that God's put in your heart, the blessings that he's given you? And when everything don't go exactly right, there's negative and positive 14 pairs in chapter 3. 
And you're going to have to trust God in the bad as well as the good. If he's God, he's God all the time, mountain or valley. Say amen. I wish the McCamey's here. I'd get them to sing that. Amen. Discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be distracted. You need to be determined and you need to be diligent in what, preacher? Trusting the one who is in control because it's obvious, preacher, I'm not in control. And when you confess that and you realize that, you'll shout about it. If God wants it to happen, he'll let it happen. I'm going to serve him obediently and trust God with everything. Would y'all agree? I believe that's right. Amen. So let's contrast verse 11 and verse 14. See, verse 11 perceives there's a conflict. He says, he set the world in our heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. There seems to be a confliction. But God, we can't understand the things of this. In other words, we lack perception. We, we, we call it a conflict because we, we, we lack perception. We're not, as I said, we're not looking at it from God's perspective. See, let me just say, there's never a time that God's not present at. I'm getting ahead to verse 14. There's never going to be a time in your life, past, present, or future, that God is not in right now. I'm talking God has already seen. John's already seen us in heaven, waving palm branches and singing the song of the redeemed. He's already seen us there. We hadn't caught up to ourselves. We're only half here. That's why we're a little crazy. Amen. But God says, amen, our names are recorded there. And we're set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do, you, do we believe the King James Bible? Say amen. So verse 11 perceives the conflict. But verse 14, <laughs> we see the end result. It produces a conclusion. <laughs> Man. Look at verse 14. <laughs> Amen. I love it. Amen. And thank God, verse 14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, he doeth it forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. God doeth it. Look, look, look right here. Here it is. That men should fear before him. That, that word also means this, to fall on your face. Hey, you know what the conclusion of the whole, you know what the conclusion is? Hey, the, verse 11, verse, uh, he's put the world uh, we, we can't understand. We, our perception's all messed up. Uh, but there's something God's going to bring about a conclusion to it. And what is the conclusion? That we trust God, get on our face and worship Him. That we humble down and recognize He's high and holy. That's exactly what Isaiah did in chapter 6. Amen. He walked in. His world was tore up. He walked in and saw there's the king still on the throne. It wasn't Uzziah, but it was the Lord of glory and His train filled the whole temple and it got plum foggy in the house of God. That's the kind of glory. Amen. He got into the glory and said oh my thank God he was not woe is you Israel woe is you Israel woe is you Israel when he saw God he said woe is me and he got on his face church that's what we need to do humble ourselves and trust that our help comes from him hey man humble ourselves verse 11 defines man's ignorance would y'all agree with that 
our perceptions messed up. He shows us that we're ignorant. We don't have the we don't have the wisdom, the understanding to be on the same plane of God. So when compared to God, we are ignorant. Hey man, but verse 14 declares God's infinite. He's infinite. Hey man, it's wisdom. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. Hey man, I told somebody the other day, you know some amazing thing about God. Y'all have heard me say it. God can be God is everywhere. And he can still show up. Nobody but God can sit down at his own right hand. I'm telling you, God, has, you, has it ever occurred to you that nothing's ever occurred to God? You know why? That's the saying everybody hears. You know why? Because he's the one that causes it to occur. Amen. Hey, man, nothing ever occurs to him because he's the cause and the effect is the of what occurs. Amen. I'm so grateful. He shows man, we're, in, we're not on the same plane, but God is infinite. He shows us in verse number 11, there's some distractions in our heart when our little world that he's blessed us with, that he's benefited, that he's made us love. Hey, man, our wife, our children, when everything don't go right, when our family don't do right, when our friends don't do right, when my wicked flesh fails me to do right, they, and I get discouraged, I get defeated, I could get in a corner and cry, I could crawl up under a juniper burst, a bush like Elijah, I could get under a gourd like Jonah, I could go weep and cry and get myself in a mess, none of us are above it, or I can Trust God. I think I'm just going to trust God. I can't figure it out. Worrying ain't helping nothing. Being anxious ain't helping nothing. I'm just going to trust God. How about it? I want y'all to trust God. Will you trust him with me? I, th I think that's the conclusion. You see in verse 11, man's variable. He's distracted. That's so that. <laughs> we see a portion. We see a portion of the timeline. We don't see the whole. We see little events. And most of the time, we're so caught up on the negative. Somebody needs to hear this right here. Y'all tune in real good. Get the static off the line. Quit picking your fingernails. Make sure you listen to the preaching. Some of you in here get so focused on the negative, you can't even see the positive. And God's blessed you with the sun. We're going to illustrate by the S-U-N. But that little problem that's the size of a penny, if it's close enough and that's all you see, it'll block out the whole S-U-N. And the problem is you've turned every little molehill into a mountain and you need to trust God. Stop a minute, tell the devil to go where he's headed. Amen. Hey, man, and you shout to victory that he's getting what he deserves. You getting what you don't deserve. God's been good to you. You're one of his children. And if God signs you up for it, I'm willing to be enlisted in whatever God wants for my life. I didn't say I'm going to like everything. I didn't say I was going to understand it. But he's going to make it beautiful. And I love this little portion of the world preaching and pastoring. Hey, man, I love my family, this church, y'all people. I love this. And thank God I love that eternity that he's put in there. That forever that he's put in there. Amen. Amen. Man's variableness. He's very, he's, we're in and out. We're wishy-washy. And that's why we don't understand sometimes. We can't figure it out. No man can find out, verse 11. But ain't you glad? Look at verse 15. My last verse. That which hath been is now. Here's the vision. See, verse 11 presents man's variableness. 
But verse number 15 presents God's vindication and the vision he shares with us. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Boy, ain't you glad you've got a vision of your grandkids walking the aisle. Have you prayed so much that you can see your babies getting saved? If you're not, you ain't prayed right. Amen. Have you prayed to the fact that you see that daughter marry the right person? God, help us. Amen. The man marry the right woman. God, help us all. God, help us to realize how important that life made is. And we ought to just trust God. God allowed it. We're trying to serve him. We're trying to be faithful. We're not living in sin. We're not in the hall pen. We're not out there because the devil don't tell you everything about the far country. He don't tell you going to end up lonely. He don't tell you going to end up man. He don't tell you going to end up in the whole pen. I'm, listen, we're not out in the whole pen. We're trying to serve God. We're loving that little portion of the world that he's put in our heart. But thank God eternity's there. And if it's really there, like we ought to say it's there, we look to the hills from which cometh our help. We look, look not on things which are temporary, but on things which are eternal. For our life is hid with Christ and God. And the devil would not know where to throw the next dirt clod if we quit screaming every time, the devil hits us. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. Quit giving him a saddle. He'll quit riding you. Amen. Yeah, Michael knows where my grandma lives. Well, the family's sold the house now. But in between my house, my granny's house, there was a, a woods there. And she had leaves. That she would rake up while Papa Troy was working. She'd get out there in the yard and rake all the leaves up, take them to the burn pit and burn them. She used these big old quilts. Well, we'd get those quilts out of the hole, so out door access underneath the house, and we'd hang them up as blinds. And that was my fort. Then my brothers had their fort. And I'd take grenades for y'all that. Got all your toys now. Grenades was pine cones. Or pine knots if you're real lucky. They'd go good. And I'd just start chunking them over there. And when I, when I heard one scream, I knew I hit. I'd say, bombard them, boys. That's where they at. Are y'all listening? That's what that, your life is here with Christ in God. If you'll quit screaming and bragging on the devil all the time, if you'll just trust God in the midst of everything, the devil will know where to, and by the way, if anybody in here is throwing dirt, you need to quit. Because when you throw dirt, you lose ground. <laughs> Literally, say amen. Hey man, you literally lose ground. How y'all listen to this preacher? Hey man, they, these things seem to be unsearchable. They're mysterious. Man, but the master's in control. He's given us a mandate. We're going to trust him. So we see the mystery that lets us live the mission so we can worship the master. Would y'all agree with that? It's not here that he's trying to get us to see. It's hereafter. It's really not even about our work that we do. It's about our worship while we do. See, that's what he's wanting us to do, to trust him to the point that we worship him. Go ahead and enjoy the fruits of your labor. 
Go ahead. You can't take it with you. It's vanity to build bigger barns and stuff it in there. Hey, it's vanity. Be content. Be blessed where you're at. Thank God for what you're, what God's blessed you with. It's not about what God help us not to be so worldly minded that we fail to worship the master and God. we get caught up in our little world or that world and we get so distracted that we forget to do the most important thing and that's worship. Don't forget the disciples. They were busy handing out bread that Jesus had broke, took up 12 baskets that remained and the first storm they get in, they think they're going to sink. Had they just forgotten that they were on board with the master? That he'd done fed 5,000 men plus women and children and they had to get put in a storm before they could worship. And that's why some of us end up in a storm is so we'll really worship like we are too. Amen, preacher. Church, you got to get to your mindset. Miss Victoria, you get ready to come. He's God and he does not fail. I feel like running right there. He's God. Amen. And he feareth not. He's God and he fretteth not. Would you say amen? Matter of fact, he's God and he forgetteth not. He knows exactly where he ain't fret. I, I say this all the time. Corey Tim, I stole it from Corey Tim Boom. Here's what Corey Tim Boom said. She said, when the earth is in panic mode, hey man, heaven is just following plans. Amen. Hey, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows right where you're at. I know this. When I'm trying, I'm going to come out pure as gold. I wonder today, is he just a teacher or is he a treasure? If he's a treasure, you can trust him and speak. Out of everything. If you don't, listen to me, you're going to end up missing the blessing. The past is the present. That's what verse 15 says. That's a wild verse. That which hath been is now. The past is present. And that which is to be hath already been. The past is the present and the future is the past. Because we can't comprehend it. Our mind's not on his level, but he's not restricted by time. He's present in our past, in our present, and in our future. It's as if our present is past and our future is past. Did y'all catch that? That's amazing. Hey, man, God's not a hinder. Don't think it. Hey, we'll, we'll see how it works out. Time's fleeing. Life's fleeting. And seasons are changing. But I'm going to trust in God. Say amen right there. Amen. Life seems random. It seems reckless. It seems like we're going to mess and ruin everything. But we've got a redeemer. And we have been redeemed. And we're going to the land of the redeemed. And then when it's all said and done. We got a companion to travel with us. He's called the comforter. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So I'm saying church quit worrying and start trusting. He's the God of all eternity and he's the God of your world and he's a God oversee. Hey listen I know the little G God's running rampant and he's the prince and power of the air but thanks God of heaven has him on a leash. He can only do so much and God will jerk his chain back. Amen. I believe that's what he wants us to see that he's put in our heart. He's put in our heart to love some things, our little world. Not to love the things of that world. But to remember that our little world is made up of things that are eternal. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. He has a mandate for us. Fall on our face and worship. 
in spite of all the seasons, we're to trust in him. Our master has given us a mission. And our, our desire must be to fulfill that mission and be determined and be desirous to please him, not be so discouraged. And I listen, I'm not, I'm not saying we're not going to have hard times. Friends, we're going to have hard times. you still in the same hide that I am. And you're going to weep and people's going to break your heart in a million pieces. And you ain't going to understand it. And you're going to look in the mirror and say, Lord, what have I ever done but try to serve you? And, and, and I've done it. I've been there. But when you're done confessing, humbling, weeping, and fearing God, and standing in awe of his process, that will come out beautiful. Verse 11, everybody say amen. amen. Even if we can't figure it out or understand right. it. This is not take God by surprise because truthfully, our, 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 our present's passing and our future's passing. And to be honest, he's everywhere at the same time. He's the engine, he's the cars, and he's the caboose. And he's in every timeline. He knows our great-granddaddy. He's just as present in the mid where my great-granddaddy is as he is right here in my life. And that ought to blow your mind. I'm glad I have a God that I can't figure out and understand. Amen. But I, I do want to shout about him. Amen. I do have a God that's got everything in the palm of his hand. He's got it figured out. And though we fall, we shall not be early cast down for the Lord upholdeth them with his hand. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. He sees everything going on in your life, past, present, future. And his ears are open unto their prayers. God help us to get this last part right. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Help us to get to the place that we don't disqualify ourselves from enjoying the journey. Oh, you going? But I want to enjoy the journey. And if you've got sin built up in your life that you ain't confessed, boy, it'd be a good day to get rid of it. If somebody in this building have made yourself sick with worrying and anxious and anxiety, I'm telling you, you've got to nip that thing in the bud. If somebody's allowing temptation and trial, and I don't want to re-preach what I did the other night, but God is the circle surrounding you and you are the dot in the center and nothing can invade that circle and get to you unless he allows it so if God signs you up for it let's just trust him in the middle of it it don't seem beautiful but you can be beautifully blessed by the blesser Let's all stand heads bowed eyes closed father we pray today for if there's anybody here let's saints I Lord, have been beat up and beat down, struggling, defeated, and discouraged. Would you help them, Lord? Would you encourage them? They don't understand the events and the season and the circumstances that they endure in the life. But God, I know you've got it figured out and you've got it all worked out. And we're just going to trust you. We're going to plead the blood over them. Pray that the Holy Ghost would fill them. Lord, we can't.